0: So they talk about seven purifications, seven stages of purification. Curiously enough, in the teaching, the first purification they talk about is the purification of virtue. The purification of virtue is about a purification of your ethic, or a purification of your morality, or a purification of your relationship to yourself and your community in terms of your action. Does that make sense? So, when I talk about purification of virtue... The word that's being translated from Sanskrit there is sila, s-i-l-a. And sila actually means coolness, coolness in the face of. You know, if uh, somebody offends you, your mother used to say, count to ten, or if you uh, got a bad treatment somewhere, the direction was to try and stay cool, centered, and find your way through the problem. This is not very popular anymore. Curiously, the the more popular reaction is if somebody uh, bugs you, you kick them in the head. Because that proves you're like a free person. You know, this proves now that you're, that you're not uh, subdued or repressed or held down or, or oppressed. Is this not what we're seeing out there in the streets? Nobody tells me that I can't drive across the Meridian in the wrong way because I'm a free person and I can do what I want. So this is not very cool. But then you see that's the whole idea. You have to realize that up until, through the ages, starting from our first novel up until recent times, our hero was somebody who went out on a journey. Ulysses, or Ivanhoe, or whoever, went out on journeys to help the people, to help the town. A white buffalo woman who went out on a journey to try to find food for her tribe. It was a service function, the hero as a service function. Starting in about the 1900s, or sort of the late 1800s, 1890 through 1910, sometimes called the Cubist Decade, 1905 to 1915, the hero become an anti-hero. Uh, J- James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause, The Fons. Um, oh man, now you can go on, can't you? I mean, almost every hero in the movies is an anti-hero. He's a person who goes against the system more than uh, supports the system in a way. So this is a very important thing to understand when it comes to your understanding of ethics or morality because the, the current hero in the broad spectrum of society is the anti-hero, the, the person who rebels and fights and goes against the system. Does this seem fair enough to you? So with the anti-hero, it's very hard to have a sila or a, or a ethic or a morality in relationship to your community or yourself or your neighbors if the idea of the hero in your being is kind of destructive. There's nothing being held up, there's nothing being supported, there's nothing being pulled together as a community. Cooperation. (laughs) During 9-11, many, many, many people gave up the anti-hero role to act as heroes, help out. Firemen, uh, for instance, so on. Curiously enough, in Buddhism, of which I guess that's my main focus, in, in Buddhism, we don't have a lot to say about what is moral or what isn't, what is ethical and what isn't. That's a kind of a case-by-case case in many uh, situations. And it changes from situation to situation, what the Japanese call case-by-case. Case. So we don't have a real strong moral set of rules. I mean, obviously, undertake to train from killing, undertake to train yourself to refrain from stealing. The, the basics are there. But after that, basically what we're saying is, it, does it bring you into a good space? So the key to Sila, for tonight's purposes anyway, is does your action, does your speech, does the way you interact with other people bring you and them into a good space? If it does, it's Sila. It's ethical and it's moral. If it doesn't, it's amoral or unethical. So, you can work this out on your own a little, and if you want, at another occasion, we can discuss uh, the debating points. But, for instance, if you're you're walking up a set of escalators, and you're probably not walking up escalators, if you're standing on a set of escalators and a person coming down the other side smiles at you and nods, and you don't smile and nod back, you could say that you're breaking the rule of morality. You're being amoral. You're not helping support them in a state of wholesomeness. Now, we're not going to fault you for that, obviously. We're not going to make you feel worse for feeling bad. But you understand the point, do you? You should be trying to bring yourself into a state of friendliness, fundamental friendliness, fundamental good feeling towards self and others. Okay, That's the basic thing with Scylla. And so your actions, your work, your endeavor, your your tries, your attempts, will be focused on bringing you there and that's called the purification of, of virtue. Fair enough? Now what is the number one easiest way to get back into a virtuous place? Give a gift. Give a gift? Well, yeah, that helps. You can't hate contact somebody lists. when you... Contact bliss? You can't, yes, contact bliss and you do that by letting go of? Objects. Object. Objects. And then think about it. The next time that you don't feel you're in a virtuous place, Let go of the object that you're holding at the time. Contact that kind of acceptance place in your being, blissful, and you'll probably find that you're already friendly. Just that process alone makes you friendly. The minute you feel somewhat friendly, you're wholesome. You have to be. You can't hurt somebody when you're feeling good on purpose. You might hurt them by accident, but you can't hurt somebody on purpose when you feel good. You just don't have the motivation to do it.